much in this tier one. It's December 31st, 2022, and you have just had the best year of your life. You're celebrating your successes and you feel so gosh down proud of yourself for not just accomplishing your goals, but in how you've consistently shown up for yourself and your life. And it feels amazing. And I so want that for you. And I know it's possible even if you don't yet. So if you're tired of trying to do it all by yourself and feeling like it's all on you, tired of knowing the things you need to do, but finding yourself stuck in a vicious cycle of self-sabotage, always putting yourself last, you're going to want to pay attention to what I'm about to share. I am thrilled to let you know I'm launching a 12-month structure of accountability to help guide and support you in finally feeling confident, not just in your ability to set goals, but to actually achieve them. So head over to my website to check it out and get your name on the waitlist for my 2022 Goal Getters Accountability Group. Registration isn't open yet. It'll open on December 31st at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Spots are limited, so you're going to want to get your name on the list to hold your spot. All the details are on my website, catalystcoaching.com, catalyst with a K, coaching with a C. And I am so excited to be inviting you into what I know is going to be a game changing program. So head to my website for all the details and get your name on the wait list. Hello, 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 beautiful people. This is Catherine Laranger, your host of the My Dead Dragon podcast, and I am so happy you're here. Mm, if you haven't heard that yet today, know that you are loved, you are amazing. It matters that you are on this earth. You have gifts and talents to share, and I'm just, I'm really glad you're here. So today, my guest is Crystal Steers. We were just talking about winter prior to the show starting and the pre-show, and we are in the thick of it here up in Canada. Crystal has a super interesting story. So she got her degree in psychology and then woke up one morning and realized the life she was living wasn't making her happy. And she had no idea how to change things or what it would even look like. She had no idea how to start over. So this opportunity arose and she decided to move across the country to a place she'd never been. And she did it. She sold most of everything she owned and started over. And that change not only transformed her life, but helped her to start her business chasing happiness, which aims to help others create a life of meaning and joy for themselves. Through coaching, a podcast, a book club, and speaking events, Crystal aims to help people make deep and meaningful changes that lead to a happier and less stressful life, no matter what circumstances they find themselves in. So, Crystal, super excited to hear your story. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Mm, it's my pleasure. And so I'm going to ask you to, to start us out by sharing your story. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. So for me, you know, it's a little complicated and it's a little complex. Like most people, I actually, I dropped out of high school when I was 15 and the world kept telling me like, you need an education in order to get a decent job. 
And so in my early 20s, I went to college. I took, we have an equivalency test here in Canada that allows you to get in if you don't have a high school diploma. And so I went to college and I got a diploma in addictions counseling and therapy. And my very first day on the job, a kid was stabbed in front of me. And I thought, this is not the job for me. Oh my goodness. So I applied to university. Um, A girlfriend of mine was getting a psych degree at the local university. And She encouraged me to apply, even though I didn't think I would get in. And so I applied and I got in. And in my final year of university, I found out I would not be able to do what I wanted with my psych career because we have a law here in Canada that wouldn't allow that. And my whole bubble burst and I didn't know what to do with myself. And so my girlfriend had said, just start a small business on the side doing something that's fun and you'll figure it out. And so I started this gift basket business And I woke up one morning in the middle of a health crisis. I was having a thyroid biopsy and a lot of stuff was going on. And I woke up one morning and I just thought to myself, I hate my life. I actually Mm. physically hate my life. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to see people. I don't want to do anything related to my business. I have no idea what to do because I've done everything the world has told me to do. I've gotten my Mm. education but it didn't get me anywhere. I struggled to work a job, but it didn't get me anywhere. I created my own job, but it didn't get me anywhere. And I didn't know what to do. And I was laying on the table having my thyroid biopsy. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the most painful experience I've ever had in my whole entire life. Why is it so painful? Because they give you drugs and they numb it, but why is it so painful? And I spent a couple of days just journaling about why it was so painful. And ultimately what came out of that was for me, it wasn't the process that was painful. It was the realization that in the middle of this health crisis, there wasn't a single thing about my life that made me happy. There wasn't a single thing that brought me joy that I could cling to because even if this biopsy came back and it said, nothing is wrong, I was still in the exact same place and I didn't know what to do with myself. And my friend who basically saved my life said, you need to read this book. There is this book called Zen and the Art of Happiness. That's where you need to start. And I picked up this book and there was this phrase in the book and it said, everything that happens to you is for the best possible reason. And I was dumbfounded. At the time, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I was so deep in the struggle. And I sat with it and I read it over and over and I journaled about it and I realized, you know what? All of this stuff that's happening to me, I have no idea why it's happening. But if I start to look at it differently, maybe it is for the best possible reason. What is it going to hurt for me to try that thought process? Because what I'm doing now is clearly not working. So what would change if I changed that thought process? And within a week, within a week of changing my thought process, an opportunity popped up and I had the ability to move from Southern Ontario to Edmonton and I had never been there before. And I thought, you know what? I want to travel. Why don't I take this opportunity? It's only within Canada, but it's still travel. It's experiencing a different place. The worst that's going to happen is you're going to get out there and you're going to hate it and you're going to turn around and come back. Just take the opportunity. Believe that this is for the best possible reason. Nobody else is here to save you. Nobody else is standing up and saying, here's what you need to do. Just try this thing because it's different and see what happens. And I did it. And that was really the catalyst that started to change my life because 
that opportunity opened other doors. My mindset changed because I started to believe that whatever was happening to me was for the best reason, even if I didn't know what that was at the time. I was able to start traveling the world. The first year I was in Edmonton, I traveled more months out of the country than I did months I was in the country. And my whole world just started to change because I took the initiative. I finally had had enough and was able to figure out a way, even though it was messy and chaotic, and I had no idea what that way was. I just got up every morning and thought to myself, you can make whatever decision you want today. And it can be totally different than yesterday, or it can be exactly the same as yesterday. But whatever decision you make is the thing that's going to determine where you are tomorrow. And that's really how my journey started. Wow. So much there, Crystal. So much there. And so I I love that, right? That recognition that, okay, I'm kind of doing the things my friend said, do this thing, do this thing. I did the things kind of, and, and I think, you know, I can certainly relate to that. I think a lot of us can where we're looking to someone or something outside of us to kind of give us a sense of direction. It's like right. there's someone or something outside of us that is an expert <clears throat> or has a better idea about how to run their lives or our lives. Right. And so, <laughs> right. And so when we look to that and then it doesn't work out or, or we kind of get to that emptiness and, and for you it really was that health um, experience being and, and the pain. Right. And I love how, you really leaned into that and got curious, right? What's what's going on here? What is there here for me? And so tell me about that process, about how you came to the realization, how you decided to actually lean in and do the journaling. Like, what was that like, right? Because I think there's like, we, we all have patterns. We all run patterns in our life. Everybody does. We all do. We're yep. humans. It's what we do. And we have these moments in our journey where it kind of hits us in the face almost. It's like, there it is. Boom. Right. And in, in that reckoning, we have a choice and we can choose to actually face it and lean into it, or we can choose to kind of just pretend it's not there and keep doing the same old, same old. So for you in that moment, how did you come to choose? How did you decide to really lean into digging into it? It was hard, I'll tell you. So I left the biopsy in tears, so much so um, I had a parent pick me up because I wasn't allowed to drive because of the numbing and the drugs that they give you. And my parent picked me up and said to me, what is wrong? Because I was just, I was inconsolable in the moment. Hmm. And I said it was painful. And it was my mom. She turned to me and she said, you have the highest pain threshold of anyone I have ever met on the face of the planet with all of the health things you've been through and all of the emotional trauma you've gone through. What made this different? Why was this painful when realistically it shouldn't have been? And it got me thinking, oh my God, why was it? Because I have absolutely been through far worse than this particular experience. And so having my degree in psychology, I know how important journaling can be to work through processes. I know how important you know having social circles can be. But I also knew everyone who was in my life at the moment wouldn't understand because they hadn't understood up to that point. And so it was up to me to figure out what this was because nobody could give me the answer. 
So I just started writing and I thought the worst that's going to happen is you're going to write some stuff that ultimately doesn't feel right to you. And so I started writing and I kept writing and I kept writing and I ended up blogging about it. And then I ended up reading about how our body handles stress a little bit more than what I learned in school and how it handles emotional trauma versus physical trauma. And really quickly, I was able to determine through that process there is so much more going on than just this medical thing. Your body is screaming at you that what you're doing is not working and it's about to smack you in the face with a brick. (laughs) This is your wake up call. Something has to give. And, you know, I've talked to lots of people over the years who have had a health struggle that sort of was that wake up call for them. And The stories are so similar. You know, your body eventually, when you ignore it for long enough, gives you a sign, a signal, a symptom, a disease to deal with because nothing else is in alignment and your body just says enough is enough. So it was really hard to sit down and actually journal through all of that. You know, I did not have a great childhood. And so revisiting some of those things in the process of trying to figure out where my struggle was, it was really difficult. It was really emotional. It was really traumatic because in a lot of circumstances, you're reliving the trauma to try to figure out what's going wrong. But it was very much needed because that was ultimately the catalyst for me that allowed me to start to live the life that I'm living now. And that allowed me to finally say, you know what? The world owes you nothing, but you owe it to yourself to heal whatever it is that's broken. Hmm. Oh, yeah, so much there. And, you know, I kind of joke that I was, I I actually do have a flat spot on the back of my head. And I joke that it's because I came into the the world choosing to take the hard way. And so can absolutely relate to that, right? Where, and and I think a lot of my listeners can as well, where we have this pattern of maybe ignoring the whispers, Right. And I've I've talked about that where life, it's life itself that's whispering to us. It's our heart. It's our soul. It's that greater expression. It's what we're here to do and be and have and become. And when we ignore the whispers, life turns up the volume and it can turn it up in lots of different ways. And in your case, it sounds like it was a health consideration. And, and mm, so, so in your case, you decided you chose to go into the journaling. What other strategies have you used to really discover what it is that you came here to do, to really live that life of happiness for yourself? So for me, the journaling started actually when I was a kid, um, on and off as I had struggles in my life. You know, my parents got divorced and then they got remarried and then they got divorced again. Like as I was going through struggles, I would just write. I would write how I was feeling at night. I would do those things. And I never really, until I became an adult and got my education, really understood what that process was. So the journaling was really the start of learning how to do things that I enjoy that allow me to work through whatever is going on in my life, but also to figure out what feels good and what doesn't. Because as you said, you know, our body gives us these little whispers, the world and the universe around us tell us these things. But if nobody's teaching you how to pay attention to them, we can ignore them pretty easily. And so I literally would sit with myself every morning and I still do this, not every day because life sometimes gets busy. 
But I sit with myself and I just ask myself, like, how am I feeling this morning? What part of me hurts this morning? Why might it hurt? What do I think needs a little extra attention? How do I want to show up today? How do I want people to perceive me? Not in the way that we typically, you know, we want the world to see us in one way, but I want the world to see me as kind. So how am I going to show up with kindness today? How am I going to be kind to myself and the people around me? And then from there, I work through all of the different processes that most people do. You know, I need exercise. So how am I going to get that? I need to be drinking water. How am I going to do that? There is a way of sort of testing those, which is what I did in the very beginning of this journey of mine. Does it feel good for me to do this? Yes or no? What does good even mean to me personally? And then if it doesn't feel good, okay, this is not something I'm adding to my toolbox. This is not something I'm going to carry with me, but maybe this other thing is. And it really was years of testing what worked and what didn't and figuring out what I could handle. For me, the biggest catalyst after I made the choice to move, the biggest catalyst was making a trip on my on my own by myself for the very first time. I went overseas. I backpacked around Ireland for 14 days by myself in my early 30s. And literally everyone who I talked to before I left told me I was crazy. They didn't understand why I was doing it. They loved me and they were willing to support me, but they did not understand why I was doing it. And I just knew I needed to challenge myself. I needed to prove that I was capable of hard things because I knew I was capable of all of these difficult emotional things that had happened in my life, but I didn't know how capable I was until I took that trip to Ireland, until I was in another country by myself, getting lost at 5 a.m. in a foreign place that I realized, you know what? There is nothing on this earth that is going to be more, more difficult than whatever you know the end of my life cycle ends up being. I will figure things out. It's going to be awkward sometimes, and it's going to be really uncomfortable, and maybe even super emotional. You know, one of my days in Ireland, I was standing in a museum by myself, just bawling. And a security guy came up to me and said, "Like, ma'am, are you okay?" And I was like, "Yep, just having an emotional breakdown. I'm all good. Don't worry." <laughs> Because I needed the catharsis of that moment. I needed to remind myself, it's okay. It's okay to break down. It's okay for this to be difficult. You're still capable of these really difficult things. You have this. Whatever life throws at you, you have it. But pick up whatever tools and resources you need along the journey because you're going to learn things from people. You're going to learn things from experiences. You're going to learn things that you see happening out in the world that you can take forward with you. And so it's really just a lot of trial and error, or at least it was for me personally, a lot of trial and error. Mm. And, you know, Crystal, I think it is for most of us, right? And to really, you know, what would it be like to look at life as an experiment? And who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up for myself, for others, for the planet? And I love what you shared about testing, right? Okay, so does this does this feel good? And part of that experimentation, I think, is, you know, kind of noticing, okay, like, I'm going to try this thing, and I'm going to try that thing. And does it feel good? And the language that I use is, does it feel expansive and life-giving? Does it feel contractive? And so we all know, like, imagine that kind of like feeling of relaxation, ah, that's expansive, right? 
and and as and we don't have to label it and we don't have to understand it but just does it feel right. does it feel expansive and good does it feel contractive and one of the things that i was reminded something i used to do in kind of early in my journey and had totally forgotten about it was asking myself in the moment what do i need right now what do I need right now? And recognizing that especially at the start of the process, there might not be an answer, you might not actually get an answer. But just holding the question, then that part of you that does know is going to start to speak louder and louder and louder. Absolutely. And honoring what the answer is. That's a really big thing for people who haven't started this journey or just starting this journey. Because when you get the answer, you second guess it. I remember days where the answer for me was, you need to just be still. You need to stop doing and just be still. And there's such discomfort in that because we're always supposed to be moving forward. We're always supposed to be hustling. We're supposed to be pushing to the next thing. And so it took me a long time on my journey to be okay with what the answer was. I don't need to earn a day off. I'm entitled to a day off if that's what my body tells me I need. I'm entitled to have fun if that's what I want to be doing today. I'm entitled to be creative or sensual or whatever it happens to be. Listening to that and honoring what that is, is a huge part of walking this path. Mm. How did you learn how to honor that? Oh, well, that was also a lot of trial and error um, because we do, I think, especially as women, in my experience, we do often put the needs of others before ourselves. And so when your body or your spirit is telling you today, this is what I need, and it conflicts with what something someone else needs, that can be a really hard thing. And then when you run into people in your life who push back because you're suddenly trying to take space for yourself, that can be really uncomfortable. And a lot of people will not allow the comfort to be something that comes into their life because they don't want to upset the people around them. I wholeheartedly embraced that discomfort. And I very clearly said to the people in my life, this is who I am in this moment. And if you're not okay with that, that's perfectly fine. You get to make the choice you get to make. But I am telling you, this is where I am. And if you can't honor that, we can't be in each other's lives right now, maybe some other time. And I lost a lot of friends. My circle got very, very tiny, but I was okay with losing that because for me, it was about honoring who I was. I knew no one else was going to take care of my feelings, my mental health. No one else was going to put me first. I had to start doing that. And it was really uncomfortable. Hmm. I remember one day having a conversation with someone who I love still to this day very clearly. They said to me, I cannot believe that for the last 30 years, you have been willing to consistently do what everyone has asked you. This is the first time I've asked you for something and you're saying no. And we had a really uncomfortable conversation. And I said, I have to say no, because if I say yes to you, I'm ultimately saying no to myself and my own needs. And I cannot say no to myself any longer because that's the thing that cost me my health in the first place. And so we're still friends. We still talk regularly. You know, we have really in depth conversations about that process now, but you really have to be okay with that discomfort because you are the only one. 
that is going to determine what's okay in your life. And if you aren't doing that for you, other people will put onto you what they think is okay. And that's where we end up having problems in the journey. So how did you get to be solid state in standing in the discomfort? For me, it was really just a realization. And it's hard to describe because unless you're actually sitting in the moment, you may not necessarily understand this. But for me, in those moments, in the first couple of times that I was doing it, I realized if I had any other answer than putting myself first, I was going to end up back where I was when I was having that thyroid biopsy. My mental health was going to crash. I was going to be suicidal. I was going to be in a place where I could not move forward. And in order to move forward, I had to do this. And if it literally meant everyone on the face of the planet that I knew no longer was a part of my life, I would figure out a way to be okay with that and find other people if that's what I needed to do. And I can't really describe for people how to work through that because I think it's very personal to everyone, especially when you're talking about really close friends and family. Losing those relationships can be really difficult. I knew for me personally, losing them was better than sacrificing myself. And that's what I had to go with in those moments. Mm, and, and was it the health wake-up call that got you to that point? It was a little bit of that. I had I was a preemie baby, so I've had health issues my whole entire life, um, which is interesting because when I finally started to put myself first, most of those health issues started to fall away, which is a whole other mm. conversation <laughs> for a different day. But that particular health issue, the thyroid biopsy, really was the wake-up call and the catalyst to know your body is going to rebel. Whatever that means, whether it's your mental health, whether it's your physical health, eventually it will rebel against you. And you need to learn what that process is and why that happens. But while you're learning that, you need to decide how long you're willing to put up with this. And I wasn't mm. willing to put up with it any longer. So it mm. was in a lot of ways the catalyst, but in a lot of ways it was just the wake-up call. It was the thing that said to me, no one else is standing here while you're going through this. Hmm. No one is holding your hand. No one is fixing this for you. You're alone. And if you don't stand up and do something about it, the universe is going to do something hmm. about it for you. I love that, that you get to decide how long you're going to put up with this. Yeah. You get to decide. It's a, it's it's a, a choice. choice. Yeah. And you can choose to continue to put up with it. A hundred percent. And lots of people do, you know, I, I work with people all the time that tell me I'm not comfortable walking away from my friends and family. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You have to make the choices that are right for you. I was Mm -hmm. comfortable doing that because I knew that's what I needed, but you have to listen to your own voice and maybe today you put up with it and maybe tomorrow you don't, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody gets to choose different at every moment. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really empowering when you can say, when you can shift from I'm a victim to I'm choosing to, I'm choosing to be in the situation. I'm choosing to put up with this. A hundred percent. And there's power in taking back our ability to choose mm-hmm. because we as women really haven't had the ability to choose a lot mm-hmm. of life. You know, if we stop and think about it, 
it was only, you know, 40, 50 years ago that a woman could open a bank account on her own, right? It really Mm -hmm. wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. So we are still struggling to take back those choices for ourselves. And there's still Mm -hmm. a pushback. Don't get me wrong. I get messages all the time on social media about how dare you do this thing instead of this other thing, or how dare you say that, you know, this particular part of society is flawed, Listen, this is my personal opinion. This is my personal Mm -hmm. view based on my experience. I'm choosing to say something is broken. If you don't think it's broken, that's fine. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. But allow me my choice too, because we're all entitled to make whatever choice we choose on any given day. Yeah, absolutely. And and also wanting to to speak into the space and honor that sometimes the choices are between a crappy choice and a crappy choice. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, so it's not saying like, oh, you're choosing to be in this situation and just, you know, get out of it or suck it up or it's not that at all. It's recognizing that sometimes the choices that we have are all crappy. Like there it's, it's kind of a choice between this crappy outcome or this crappy or this, right. And it's, it's about what it's about is about shifting your perception to say, I am choosing this particular whatever fill in the blank, because what that does is it starts to bring your power back within you. Exactly. And there's a lot of choices in life, whether we're talking, you know, spiritual, physical, whatever it happens to be, there's a lot of choices that we don't necessarily always get to make fully ourselves. We can make the choice and how we're going to respond in a situation but mm-hmm. we're not necessarily making the choice about the situation itself. Mm-hmm. So a hundred percent, you know, looking yeah. at it through the lens of what can I control? What do I get to choose? And then being okay with that, because that's a stepping stone to the next thing, which is a stepping yeah. stone to the next thing. Yeah. It starts with the baby steps, right? The exactly. baby, baby, baby steps. And sometimes the choices, I'm going to take a breath. Maybe that's the choices 100%. in this moment. I'm going to take a conscious breath. And, and sometimes it's as simple as I'm choosing not to make a decision. Yes. Sitting with something is huge. The number mm. of times where I literally, especially at the beginning of this journey, would sit with myself and think, I have to make this decision today. I have mm. to be able to decide this right now. No, you don't. Take time. See how it feels tomorrow. See how it feels a week from now. Nothing says you have to make the choice today. Now, granted, there are some things in life we do have to choose right away, but a lot of this is, I'm okay to sit with it. I don't have to make the choice right now. Give yourself some time. See how it feels. Hmm. Really honoring that, um, getting to know yourself, right? Building that relationship with yourself. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And that's where meditation really helped me on this journey Mm. because I had no idea what my body responded to anything. And I thought meditation, I had done yoga for years, but I thought meditation was this like sit and calm your mind and be still thing until I ran into someone one day who said to me, I meditate, you know, before I walk into a classroom. And I was like, how do you meditate before you walk into a classroom? Well, I take two or three minutes and I just breathe. And I think about what I'm going to teach. And I think about how that, and I was like, oh my God, my mind doesn't have to be clear. Maybe I can do this meditation (laughs) thing. And so I started sitting with myself and I would follow my thoughts. You know, I would have a thought of, well, this particular thing in my life is kind of complicated and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. Well, 
if I feel this way and I do this, what's the outcome? And so my mind was consistently racing while I was meditating, but Mm -hmm. I started to learn things that don't feel right for me end up being tight in the chest while I'm breathing. I breathe Mm -hmm. a lot more shallow. My back starts to hurt. There's a pain that happens in my lower abdomen and you start to recognize, okay, this is how my body sends me signals. So when I do have questions about what is my next step, I need to learn to sit to sit with what those signals are mm. and know this is my body saying yes or no. Mm. Love that. And so Crystal, you kind of you shared some of the challenges along the way in terms of family and friends and really being solid state. What what were, you know, kind of some of those highlighting some of those challenges, some of those kind of like learning edges for you along your journey? There was a really big financial challenge because when you give up a business that you're running as an entrepreneur, you don't have an income. There is nothing coming in. And I decided to move across the country. Mm -hmm. So that requires a good chunk of money. I had no savings. And I thought to myself, I need to spend time working on myself. How am I going to do that? And I really had to logistically sit down and figure out, okay, what can I live without? If I get rid of, you know, Netflix and iTunes and all of these things, what are my monthly expenses? Okay, out of that, how many hours a day am I willing to work so that I can still devote a few hours a day to working on me and the things that bring me joy and what I want to be doing with my life to figure out where my life should go? And so for me, I was actually able to get a temp gig which allowed me to work a few days a week, but also allowed me the freedom to take off and travel whenever I chose to, because I got to pick the contracts. I got to determine how long I worked at a place. I got to determine what my wage was. And so that was perfect because I could take off and travel when I wanted to. I could say, you know, for the next three weeks, I have enough in savings. I'm not going to take a contract at all. And I'm just going to spend time with me. And then, you know, I'll take a four-week contract after that to cover my bills for the next month or whatever that happened to be. So that was a really big challenge to figure out. And it took, it really took a lot out of me the first couple of weeks because, you know, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in money in this society that we live in. And I was okay with living without. I was totally okay with like sleeping on a floor in a basement apartment. I was willing to sacrifice a lot of things that I never thought I would have been willing to sacrifice. But I didn't know that until I actually sat down and made the list and said, what are the things I have to have to feel safe and Mm -hmm. comfortable? And then beyond that, am I willing to give up everything else? So that was really a learning experience for me. And I highly recommend it for anyone, Mm. even if you're not making big life changes, because it's amazing the amount of things we think we need in order Mm -hmm. to feel safe and comfortable and happy versus what we actually need. So Mm -hmm. it's a great little challenge that I still do, you know, every year just to kind of remind myself of where I am because there's a challenge in how we grow and change and what evolves around us with our friends, our family, our coworkers. And then what we think we want might not be the same because we've changed. They've changed. The society around us has changed. So it's a great little challenge. So that was a little bit of a struggle. It was also a struggle. You know, I, I went gung-ho. I chose to make this choice. And in making that choice, not only was I dealing with living in a new city where I had never been, it's a totally different culture for people who haven't been out there. It's very different than Southern Ontario. 
And so I was exposed to a totally different culture that I was trying to wrap my head around. How do I live in this space that's so different than what I'm used to? That was a real struggle for me. It was hard for me to figure out where I ended and other people began Hmm. because we tend to take on what other people want from us, expect from us. And so I really struggled to figure out, do I really want to be kind to people or am I just expected to be kind and that's why I do it? Hmm. There was really a lot of sitting with myself and testing the theory of if I choose not to be kind in this moment, will I be okay with it later? So, Mm. you know, not letting someone take your seat on the bus, even though that's the appropriate thing to do in society. Right. And so things like that would happen and I would challenge myself to do it. And then I would figure out after, did that feel okay? Well, Mm. no, it didn't because that pregnant lady like looked uncomfortable. And now I feel like the horrible human being who made her stand on the bus. Right. So there was really a lot of that kind of a struggle. And then there was a big struggle because as I said earlier, you know, I lost a lot of my support system or what I thought my support system was. And here's the key. I thought they were my support system, but I learned very quickly as I started to build a new one, they were not even close to a support system. So Mm. struggling through that was an interesting challenge because I had to learn what safety felt like in other people to me. And Mm. that was trial and error again, you know, allow someone new into your life and then figure out whether or not they feel comfortable, whether or not the kind of person they are, the way they show up in the world is in alignment with how you want to show up in the world. And it took a long time to build a social circle who understood what my philosophy was, who understood what my goal in life was. And I swear for everyone who's listening to this, if you haven't found your people yet, they're out there. They're Mm -hmm. 100% out there and you can find them. It does take time. And so that it 100% took time for me to rebuild that. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of being prepared, being willing to sit in discomfort and to experiment Absolutely. And just a lot of knowing I don't have the answer and I may not get Mm. the answer today and I may not get it tomorrow. And that's okay because it will come when it's meant to come because everything that is happening to me is for the best possible reason, even if I don't understand it in the moment. (laughs) I love that. One of the quotes I share with my clients is, and it's from my teacher and mentor, is that this is what it looks like while it's all working out. Oh, I love that. Right? It just, you can just feel yourself relax. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, you know, we all talk about this ideal life that everybody should be living. But the truth is, we are all complicated and complex people. Mm-hmm. And my idea of ideal and your idea of ideal, two totally different things. Yeah. So it's going to be messy if we're yeah. trying to figure out what that is. But it's also going to be messy if we're not living in alignment with our idea because we're trying to meet yeah. someone else's idea. So be okay with the mess and the chaos yeah. too, because sometimes that's just how it's going to be. And cho- choose your messy, right? Choose your hard. Exactly. Yeah. And so, Crystal, if you could look back, would you have any advice you would give yourself? Absolutely. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) Oh, 100%. You know, the first piece of advice I would give myself is 
trust yourself. I, at the beginning of my journey, didn't trust my ability. It wasn't until I went to Ireland, really, that I started to trust myself and my instincts and my ability to know what was right for me. I was consistently looking for other people's ideas, other people's thought processes about what I should do. But the truth is, I had all of the answers inside of me. I just didn't know how to find them inside of me. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first thing I would tell myself is trust yourself because you know best. And the second thing I would tell myself is it's okay to fail. You're going to fail a lot during this process. You're going to consistently fall down and that's okay because that's part of the human experience. It doesn't have to be happy and joyful all the time. The goal is to be happy and joyful as much as you can in the human experience. Mm, And to know that that's part of it, right? That you can access that. Exactly. Yeah. And so would you have any, anything you'd want to share with my listeners kind of from your heart to their heart? The, I think the most important thing is just wherever you are in the moment, whether you're in the middle of the struggle and the muck or whether you're in the highest of highs, you're exactly where you're meant to be. Even if it doesn't feel that way, there's a reason the universe has put you where you are. There's a lesson or there's a moment that you're supposed to know and it will teach you what you need for the next thing that comes down the path. And you're not alone in it. You know, I think one of the great things about podcasts like this is you get to connect with people who are on the same sort of journey. You know, I like to say to people, especially over the last couple of years, we're all in the same ocean. We're just in very different boats Mm -hmm. because my boat looks very different than someone else's boat. But ultimately, we're in the same human experience. It's just your circumstances are different than my circumstances, which are different than someone else's circumstances. Mm. So know that you're not alone. There is people out there. There are people out there who can help you, who can guide you if you need it, but who can hold you up when you need it too. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there who just want you to be happy. And there are people out there who just want you to live the best life that you can imagine for yourself, however that looks. And if you're not surrounded by those people, go find them because I promise you they are out there. They're out there. They're out there. (sighs) And so, Crystal, how can people find you? You have a podcast. Can you tell me about that? (laughs) I do have a podcast. It's called Chasing Happiness. And the podcast is an interesting thing because I was always afraid to share my voice. And so I never imagined I would become a podcaster, but I've just gone into six years of podcasting. Wow. And it's because a friend of mine said, you know, the things that you have inside you, the world needs to hear. And for people who go and look up the podcast, if you scroll all the way back to six years ago, the very first episode, you will hear me say, I'm probably never going to share this with the world because I was terrified to share it with the Mm -hmm. world. But I did it. I did it because it terrified me because I knew on the other side of that terror, there was growth. Mm -hmm. And so I did it. And six years later, I'm still going. So the podcast now is really about talking to people like yourself who are living the life that they dreamed or attempting to live the life of their dreams and what that looks like. And we talk about how messy it can be. We talk about how joyful it can be. We can talk about pretty much every aspect of life. Mm. And I love it because it gives me the ability to connect with people who I would otherwise never meet. And it's a great way for me to remind the world 
again, that, you know, we're all going through this human experience, even if it looks different for all of us, we're still worthy of every moment of it. And we're still loved. And there's still people out there that are just like us. Mm. So yeah, people can find me on the podcast. The best place to find me though, is my website, which is chasinghappiness.ca because it links to all of the social media and the podcast and the blog and the book club and all the other fun things that I have going on in my life. All the bits. And so of course, as always, those will be in the show notes for everyone. You can find them there. And Crystal, I am so grateful for our conversation today. Thank you. Thank right you. Right back at yeah. you. I am so grateful that you had me. This was a wonderful conversation. I can't mm-hmm. wait to have you on my podcast. I'm super excited for that. I can talk about <laughs> Panama and all of that, which is a spoiler alert is a thing. So <laughs> so for all of my listeners, thank you as always for your support please, please continue to reach out to me. Let me know what resonates for you. Let me know uh, what you would love to hear more of. And you can support the podcast by subscribing to it and leaving a review. And that's free and easy. And it super, super helps me out. So thank you so much. And thank you, Crystal. And have a wonderful day, everyone. Mm